the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life. This is Rob Black. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. You can follow us online at talk910.com. It's talk910.com. Got a good show planned for you today, or at least I think I do. It's two different shows. The first show is my show. It's the All Things Financial Show. The second show is the kickoff show, the NFL show. The NFL show, going to be talking about the business of the National Football League. And I got to admit, I didn't get juiced up. I didn't get jacked up. I didn't get drunk. But I did watch a little bit of football last night. And I snickered. <laughs> I watched the end of the game when Pittsburgh almost fumbled away the game. Uh, didn't uh, It doesn't do for me what it did as a kid. But I get it. Did you know that last year, three out of four Americans watched a football game, a National Football League game? That's pretty powerful. Fifteen years ago, the NBA had all the power. But that shifted back to the NFL. So today, on the first hour, I'm going to talk five to ten business stories. I'm going to go over a fun stock of the day. I think I, I like this idea. I played with it a little bit yesterday where I went over a stock. I gave you the restaurant industry. I told you about is it a good idea, a bad idea to invest in it. I'm going to try to leave you with something every day as a lesson now, in the business stories, I tried to do that as well. Today, I'm going to talk a little work furloughs rejected for some state workers. A little weekend movies. Come on. Can't be all business all the time, right? I got some emails. I got an insurance ninja story. I know you're saying insurance ninja. Isn't that a little cartoon character? Did she beat you out for a job one day, Rob? She actually did. I was actually up for the insurance ad campaign. Well, I digress. Get into some of the top business stories of the day, first and foremost, out of the gate. Consumer sentiment picks up in early September. I'm going to talk a little Democrats in the health care bill. Going to talk a little bit about who's going to buy Business Week. Now, we all know radio is struggling or has struggled for 10 years. We all know television has struggled for the last 10 years. If you look at how many people watch primetime television today versus 10 years ago, it's hurting. Versus 20 years ago, it's hurting. Again, so many options on the internet, so many options on cable television. So we understand that. Just to give you an idea, coming up in four days, Jay Leno is going to take over the 10 o'clock time slot for NBC. Why is Jay Leno taking over the 10 o'clock time slot for NBC? Jay Leno is taking over the 10 o'clock time slot because it's all about money. His show costs about $2 billion to produce, whereas the average program costs about $3 billion to produce. So they're going to be able to save five. I'm sorry. I should have said million, not billion. Sometimes I think world economy, stock market economy, billion. TV, it's still in the millions. Excuse me. That was me exaggerating. That was me. Um, how shall we say? If I've told you once, I've told you a million times not to exaggerate. I was exaggerating. Shame on me. Other big stories of the oh, well, business week. That's what I was going to talk about. 
So advertise in, in magazines. Who reads magazines anymore? So Business Week's up for sale. We'll talk a little bit about that. China, some economic data comes out today. Bank of America, they're still in conversations with the United States government about how to get out of the pact with the devil, i.e. the pact with the government. AIG got downgraded again. AIG is one of those garbage financial stocks that looks cheap. You should not own this stock. Danger, danger, danger. When the United States government owns 80% plus of your company, you're not going to come out of it as a common stock okay. Natural gas on the move. FedEx, they've got news today. Las Vegas Sands, they get a nice upgrade. Uh, Garmin. Why am I going to talk about Garmin? They make the GPS devices, right? You know about them. I know about them. We know about them. Well, they're in the news today. And electronic arts and video games also in the news. Let's go with with some of these details and, or some of these stories in a little bit more in detail. Oh, and let me stop. Stop right there. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. So consumer sentiment. This is a business economic indicator that comes out. I'm a Wall Street guy. I'm a guy who's going to get you retirement. This data means something to me for a reason. Consumer sentiment, it improved sharply in early September. Basically, this is a University of Michigan Reuters report slash poll consumer sentiment index rose to 70 from 65 it's the first gap up in the last three months the increase was above the consensus expectations now this is heavily tied towards rising stock prices in a sense that the recession may be ending you've heard me say it recently the gdp recession's over now the jobless recession not over but the gdp recession is over it's we're going to see it in the next two quarters there's no chance that it's not we're spending too much government money we got too many bailout programs. There's enough ha- cash trade in hands that our gross domestic product, at least on paper, is going to look like it's improving. Even though it's government paper, I'm okay with it. It's, it is what it is. I, I work with the news. I don't have to be right. So consumer sentiment improving. Now, what does that mean? That means retailers might do a little bit better. Doesn't mean that they will do a little bit better because consumer sentiment, I look at the stock market rally, and of course, I got a little bit different opinion than you. And I go, I'd like to see a pullback, but I'm happy to see this. It's truly telling us that we're not going to hell in a handbasket. So am I more likely to go out and buy a washer and dryer? Am I more likely to go on vacation? Am I more likely? Yeah, I'm feeling a little bit better that I'm going to have a job in six months. Although I'm not really sure I'm going to have a job in six months. I'll just say three months. That's neither here nor there. Uh, Democratic Congress. This is the second big story of the day. The Democratic congressional leaders, they've promised action this fall to overhaul the nation's health care system this morning. Partisan tensions simmered you know, uh, right after that President Obama's appeal for progress on the matter. Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid out of Nevada. He says hope legislation can be sent to the White House well before Thanksgiving. There's a timeline on this, believe it or not. When you start the process of of issuing a bill and drafting in committees. If you want to get through so that there's not stonewalling, there's a timeline. Now, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, she added that she's confident the president will sign a bill this year, despite lingering division amongst Democrats on key issues, such as whether to create a government-run health plan to compete with private insurers. Quote, quote, out of Ms. Pelosi is, it's the most important initiative any of us will be part of in Congress. Republican leaders, meanwhile, said Mr. Obama had done little to build support across party lines, despite his praises of some high-profile Republicans and a pledge to take their ideas into account. I'm not going to say 
that this year is going to hinge on whether Obama is going to be reelected in three years. I think there's some things happening this year that will tell us if he's going to be reelected as president, if he's going to be a one-term or two-term president. Most importantly will be the creation of jobs. A lot of his stimulus plan was backloaded, i.e. a little bit of it takes place in 2009, but most of it takes place in 2010 and 2011, thus in that re-election cycle time frame. Am I cynical? Hell yes, I'm cynical. Have I lost all faith in politicians? Yes, I've lost all faith in politicians. Will I ever run for office? I'm thinking about it. Actually, I want to be mayor. That's my goal, because I think as a mayor, you could actually help the people of your community. You know, I'm never going to win the debate on pro-life, pro-choice. I'm never going to win the debate on balancing the budget or the deficit. If I would go to Washington, I'm just going to be lost in all those political lobbyists and all those you know, career politicians. But as a mayor, I think I could actually help a community, bring some balance to a community, so to speak. And also, I promise, if I ever get elected mayor, I'm going to take over the two adjoining cities because no one's ever done that. How great would it be to invade Palo Alto? I think it would be fantastic. Get a militia going. Again, I digress. I digress. Let's get back to the top business stories of the day. Bloomberg. They're considering a bid for Business Week magazine. Deadline for offers approaching. Um, Bloomberg in on the action here. You know, Bloomberg's a big financial media company. I don't know. To me, this is, who cares? I like Business Week and I like Bloomberg, but this is just telling me if I were to tell you what I see in this story is newspapers are dead. Magazines are dead. Have you looked at the San Francisco Chronicle? Like the only newspapers I'll read, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, Financial Times. And I'll also read Barron's, which is a financial newspaper. But have you seen the Chronicle? It's pathetic. The Chronicle is pathetic. It's basically a lot of Reuters and Associated Press stories. But again, I digress. So this Bloomberg for Business Week bid... The only thing I can see positive in it is that maybe people with money are willing to spend money. And that's something they weren't willing to do in 2008 and most of 2009. So maybe a little merger in action, thumbs up action. Next big story today, Chinese industrial output investment accelerated in August. Suggesting the economic recovery is on solid course. Beijing is still unlikely to top, tap the policy, break so to speak. They don't want to slow down their economy too much and derail a recovery. Now, industrial output grew to a 12-month high of 12.3%. That's a stunning number. Now, National Bureau and Statistics out of China showed, you know, good things. Annual urban fixed asset investment growth growth also picked up, reaching 33% for the first eight months, reaching um, beating forecast. The National Development and Reform Commission, they told reporters today that the World Economic Forum, that the recovery was not yet solid, so they're not going to take away their stimulus. Listen to this. Their GDP is growing at 7.9%. Now, a lot of what comes out of China is bogus. You know it, and I know it. I bring gifts from China. But there's a lot of growth in Asia, and you know that. If you've ever been on vacation to Asia, I've been on vacation to Australia. Now, let me give you the, the, the quote that I gave people when I came back from Australia. It's a lot like the United States 50 years ago. Now, that's a dumb quote, but it's a quote nonetheless. Asia is a lot like the United States 50 years ago. A lot of one-lane roads are going to become three-lane roads. A lot of three-lane roads are going to become five-lane roads. A lot of, lot of development. And you invest in that. And I'm not telling you to put all your 401k into Asia because that would be stupid. Asia's not as politically sound as we are. Asia's not 
um, as capitalist-oriented as we are. But I want some of your money in Asia. I can give rat's butt about Europe. I like Europe, but to me, that's kind of like another playoff the United States. Playoff capitalism, playoff old economies that have seen this all before. But you got to get some money into Asia, in my mind. If it's too much risk for you, that's fine. I like roller coasters. I once rode at King's Dominion, that, that bucket drop thing, the... I think it was called the, the time machine at that point in time that it spins around in a fast, fast circle and the floor falls out. I once rode that a hundred times in a row when I was 12 years old. I don't know why I wasn't put in any record books, but I like the thrill. So I don't mind investing in some things that are a little bit on the dramatic side. When I come back, I'll do some emails. Maybe I'll talk a little weekend movies, give you my fun stock of the day. I don't know. I get to the rest of these business stories as well. I got tons to Hans plan. Don't go anywhere. It is 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. You're listening to Rob Black. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. We have a pretty fun website. I don't know. It's funny, people will be critical of it and say it doesn't look quite 21st century or quite 22nd century, or quite 23rd century. Everyone has an opinion, I've learned. But I like the website. It's 910, talk910.com, talk910.com. And while you're there, you can get a podcast of the show. Yesterday, I talked about a stock of the day, which is Irish for stock of the day. And yesterday, I talked about restaurant stocks, P.F. Chang's, and how you make money investing in restaurant stocks. Is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? So every day, I'm going to try to come up with kind of a, here's how you do this and why you do that. Is this an investment for the long term? Do I accumulate it till the day I die? Or is it a trading stock or is it a stock you just want to stay away from? So yesterday was all about restaurant stocks. Today, it's going to be, oh, blah, blah, blah. by the way, this is where I was going at with that, is talk910.com. You can get a podcast of yesterday's show, hour one or hour two. You can listen online. Let's say you're at work and the boss comes in. You can pause it and come back to the show. So you can listen online to the show. There's other shows there. We have some new shows that you may be interested in. We have some old shows that you may want to revisit. We've got a good lineup here. We've got a fresh lineup here. We have a lineup with a brain here. That's what I like about it. Now, why am I here? I don't know. Stimulating? Sometimes. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. So stock of the day today. I think it would probably be a good idea is to go over retail and to go over Best Buy. Now, we know the story on Best Buy, don't we? It came out of nowhere in the 1990s. We were going to Fry's and we were going to Circuit City to get our electronic goodies. And then out of nowhere comes Best Buy. Ticker symbol on Best Buy is BBY. For a retailer, they do something that's kind of unique. They have a dividend, 1.5%. 1.5%. So the, if you have $100, you get paid a buck fifty to own the stock throughout the year. Now, if you were smart enough to buy this in 1985, it was $0.18. Cents. And then five years later, it was $0.22. Cents. That's a pretty good move. And then five years later, it was 3 bucks. And then five years later, it was 24 bucks. And then five years later, it was 37. And in the last five years, it's gone from 37 to 37, ultimately, 37 to 40. So four out of the last five five-year periods, it's been a winner, winner, chicken dinner. You've made tons of cash, and that's a good thing. It's the biggest consumer electronics outlet in the United States. 
It's also the best. Best Buy. Company operates 3,900 stores throughout North America, Europe, China, and Mexico. Typically, they have it under the Best Buy brand, but they also have another brand called the Phone House. Don't ask me. I don't know. They sell a wide variety of electronic gadgets, movies, music, computers, appliances. They sell installation and maintenance services. That's some of their new ones, the Geek Squad thing. They do a little technical support. They do subscriptions for cell phones and internet services. They're huge. When you go into a Best Buy, it's 40,000 square feet. Now, just to give you an idea, the most profitable per square foot retailer in the United States is it's Apple. Apple stores are wildly profitable for per square foot. And that's how you judge it as an analyst. Now, the big box stores are located in 49 states. I'd be interested in what two states they're not in. I would guess Alaska? And let's say Wyoming, because everything that comes out of Wyoming basically sucks. So that's that. Let's take a look at the last three years of uh, revenues. $35 billion, $40 billion, $45 billion. That's pretty good. Now, again, one of the things they're doing is adding new stores. So when you're adding stores, you can add revenue pretty darn easily. In the last three years, what have they done? $1.3 billion in profit, $1.4 billion in profit, and then $1 billion in profit. Not so good. There's no growth there. So you're owning it for a different reason. Now, again, we're in a recession, so you kind of expect that. An analyst today upped the price target to 48 bucks, and it's currently trading, let's see, I think it was $41 is last I saw. Um, $39. So one analyst came out today and upgraded it and called it a $48 stock, and it's currently a $39 stock. Ultimately, he thinks Best Buy sales trends probably improved throughout the quarter. They have lapped a tax stimulus spending last year. Last year, we had you know the government rebate checks. Now, that's behind them, which was a stimulative effect for them because when we get government money, instead of saving it, instead of paying off our bills, we go out and buy big TVs. That's what we do. So the TV industry is in a decline. Very soft sales there. Can they make up for the lack of TV sales by taking business from you know, the dead circuit city that's out of business now? Now, Best Buy plans to open 22 new stores in the United States this year. That'll add to their revenue. There's no doubt about it. Now, the continuation of they got a relationship with TiVo. So now you can buy a TiVo in Best Buy, and you take your TiVo home, and you plug it into your TV, and you'll get commercials from Best Buy like, Robert, there's a TV for sale at Best Buy today. Go get it. So it'll be commercials that are centric to Best Buy, which is kind of weird, but I get it. I see see the relationship. Best Buy sells gadgets. They'll be able to advertise gadgets through a gadget that they sell. TiVo wants Best Buy to sell lots of gadgets. Now, here's some of my problems with Best Buy is that they've had to change their business on a regular basis. They put their best stuff in the middle of the store. Everything that's on the outside. So when you look at it and you see a big square, it's the middle of the square that's all the cool stuff. The stuff on the outside and fringe is not as important to them. So a lot of what they do, music, movies, and video games, I no longer buy music. I no longer buy movies and I don't buy video games. I download them all. So my need to go to Best Buy is is limited. Now, five years ago, ten years ago, when I wanted to get my big-ass TV, my huge, bumping, big TV, I went to Best Buy because I didn't know the difference between LED, LCD. I didn't know the difference between laser. So and they had a pretty good staff. Like when I'd go into Circuit City, I'd shower afterwards. I felt dirty. I felt their staff didn't know anything. They were trying to make a commission off me. When I went to Best Buy, it's like, hey, he's a nice guy. He took a shower this morning before he came into work. And he had a good knowledge on, well, how big's your TV? How big's your room? How big do you want? You know, this is this, this is that. We like this. And I felt, I tried, now screw it. 
I'm jumping online, getting a good review, and I'm going to Walmart, or I'm jumping online, and I'm ordering it off the internet so I don't pay sales tax. So the importance of Best Buy to me is over. So I no longer say that their best days are ahead of them. I say, and this is the whole point in this whole segment, trade them. If you want to trade them, look at their PE. Right now they're trading 17 times this year's earnings. That's okay. The stock market's trading about 19 times, so there's a little bit of value there. But they're trading it next year's 12 times. Do you think the recession is going to prolong and people are going to stop buying goodies? Do you think people are going to start downloading some of the goodies that they get from Best Buy? All very, very possible. And they've got some higher margin businesses like their Skeek Squad and things along those lines. So I, I like the company. I get the company. They're relevant. And what I would try to do is trade the stock. I wouldn't try to say, I'm going to own this one till the day I die. How about that? Let's do a quick email. And let me pimp the phone number. Pimp, pimp, pimp. 800-345-5639. It's 800, for those of you who are slow, 345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. So, quick email comes to me. Um, I got mail. Yay! I got mail. Yay! Yay! I love mail. And you can email me at rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Grace sends an email. She says, do you still recommend mint.com? I do. Mint.com is run by a guy named Darren Patzer, who's one of those crazy, good-looking, Harry Connick Jr. type guys. Nice guy. Young guy. And he runs this company called Mint.com. Now, Mint.com, I was like, why did you come up with a name like Mint.com? And it says it stands for money intelligence. It's one of those sites that you plug in your Bank of America account, you plug in your Wells Fargo account, you plug in your countrywide mortgage, you plug in your Smith Barney investments or your TD Ameritrade investments, and it tells you... This is what you got, and it updates it every day for you, and you plug in your visa, and it says, dude, you're spending way too much money at the bar. It shows you your bar expenses. It shows you your electronics. It shows you your food. It shows you a budget. Before you become a millionaire, you got a budget. Before you um, have goals, you have to have a budget. My goal is to get you to retirement. It's desperate for me. I'm panicked about it. I don't think enough people are going to do it. I think people are going to be living off the dole. I think people are going to be living with family members. I think people are going to be eating cat food. So mint.com is good. There's another one. If you don't like mint.com, it's yodely, Y-O-D-L-E-E.com. And if you don't trust, you know, giving your passwords to people, you can do it all by hand and take five to six hours a week. You can do that with quicken or money.com, quicken or money.com. Those are fine as well. I got nothing against them. Now, this person, Grace, has some foreign Japanese assets, and I don't have an answer for you. Clearly, Quicken or Money.com would be your best option as far as entering it by hand. But I do still like Mint.com, and I still do like Yodely, Y-O-D-L-E-E.com. Why is it Yodely? I don't know. That's another one of those mysteries of the world that I'm just not going to figure out. So that's your email of the day, and I gave you a stock of the day. I'm going to jump on the live blog right now. Where is it? Talk910.com. It's Talk910.com. You're listening to 910 a.m., more stimulating talk. I'm John Cobell. I'm Ken Champeau. We're the John and Ken Show. Join us weekdays from 3 to 7. Now, Rob Black on 910 AM, more stimulating talk. Coming up in about... 30-ish minutes. I'm going to be talking the NFL National Football League, but I'm not going to be talking about the X's and O's or the did you block or tackle well. I'm going to be talking about the business of it. I assure you, you're going to like this show. 
I found some really cool stats. 800-345-5639. Let's get a phone call. Let's get a Mike in Santa Rosa. Mike? Uh, yeah. Hey, Rob. Hey. So I work for a local government uh, in the area, and so I have a pension. It's a 3% at 60 formula. And um, I was just wondering how much I'm, – I'm 26, uh, been working for about two years uh, in that uh, program, and just wondering how much more I should be saving for my retirement. As much as possible. Um, the pension's going to be nice. It's going to be on the conservative side. And while you're younger, Mike, if you can afford to, save as much as 10 to 15% more of your paycheck. Understand the pension's going to be very, very conservative. Um, one through 10, I would call the pension like a four, maxing out your 401k. I'd call that more of an importance of an eight. On top of your pension, are you allowed to do a 401k? Uh, not a 401k, a 457. Okay, a 457. So that's, per- that's pretty similar to, um, as far as the idea goes. When you put money into that, you're going to lower your taxable income bracket. You're going to pay less to the state of California. You're going to pay nothing to the state of California. You're going to pay nothing to the federal government. It's going to lower your taxable income. It's going to grow tax deferred. Later in life, you're going to take it out at a lower tax rate than you're probably at now. So I would say the right answer is as much as you can afford to save, up to 10 to 15% more, with the knowledge base that you're not going to touch until you're 60-plus years old, um, I think doing it when you're younger and how old did you say you are, Mike? 26. Good man. So, um, if you can do it, do it. So. All right. Great. That's my Thanks advice. For- Thanks for the call. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Thought I'd save you a little bit of money and do a quick set of look at the movies that are coming out this weekend. First and foremost, the movie nine, nine's coming out this weekend. And this is not a light movie. It looks like a very nimble puppet show. It's not for kids. In the tradition of old fairy tales, nine is grim, 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 grim. Elijah Wood, Jennifer Conley, they do the, you know, the voice work in this. It's very gothic. It's got a Tim Burton collaboration, but it's about the end of the world. It's not for kids. This is hardcore. This is when the machines take over the planet. Um, be careful. Now, there's nothing wrong with a mostly nude Kate Beckinsdale. She starred in the movie Whiteout this weekend. She's in that, that movie, It's Snow... Kate Beckinsdale wearing underwear and very confusing storyline. Doesn't sound like a movie that I want to throw nine, ten dollars down in any way, shape, or form. Wait for DVD, wait for cable on that one. Coldest place on the planet. It gets its first homicide, the Antarctic. She's on the scene as a U.S. Marshal, serious issue. She's kicked out a kid. She runs around in her underwear for a little bit. Again, nothing wrong with that, but I think that can wait for DVD. And finally, uh, Sorority Row. Now, this kind of, I don't know, you're not going to laugh with it. You're going to laugh at it. And it's got boobs and blades. It's a slasher flick. It's Sorority Row. Um, Basically, it's about seven chicks who go out in the woods. One of them dies. The other six say, let's cover it up. Let's forget about it. It's an abandoned mine. Maybe she did die. Maybe she didn't die. And long story short, again, I think it could probably wait, unless you're 16, 17 years old, it could probably wait for DVD or Netflix or cable. And by the way, um, recently out on Netflix, um, I got to throw this out there because I think Netflix is one of the best things for the money. I'd prefer you stay home and watch movies and TV shows. Um, Hulu.com, I think, is a great investment. H-U-L-U.com, H-U-L-U.com. So this is where we would be playing the da 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 entertainment tonight music, but we're too cheap.
we don't get the rights to entertainment tonight. Anyway, um, new on DVD this week, Dance Flick. It's one of those movies that makes fun of uh, dance movies. Eh, I could probably wait. I don't know. Wait for it on cable at 3 in the morning. Crank High Voltage, Super Action on Crank, The Office Season 5. Fringe Season 1. Now, Fringe Season 1 comes with a lot of extras. So if you like the spooky X-Files type of shows, Season 1 on DVD comes with a lot of extras. Maybe rent it. Maybe get Netflix. Do something along those lines. And Dexter Season 3 as well as Parks and Recreation. X-Men Origins coming out next week on DVD. Let's talk a little bit about another email because I do like the emails. I think they're a great way to get in touch with me and stay in touch with me. Um, this one comes to me from Devu. Can't make up that name. Oh, man, I'm just looking up at the television. The U.S. Open is raining, 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 raining. Flush with rain in flushing meadows. But Devu sends me another email or an email. He sent me an email before. He says he's got about $80,000 sitting in a savings account. Now, we've heard this email numerous times. I got money. What should I do with it? He says, I plan to buy a house, but not in the next six to nine months. I still don't have the 20% down. My question is, is it wise to put that money in what's called VFIIX? VFIIX. What is VFIIX? You hear me talk about Ginnie Mae funds as a pretty good cash alternative because it's got the government security. It's got a pretty big yield, 4.5%. Now, I typically say Fidelity. I could say Vanguard or Fidelity Ginnie Mae funds. It's almost the same freaking fracking thing. And yes, if I had $80,000 and I'm two to three years away from buying a house, I would put it in a Vanguard Ginnie Mae fund or a Fidelity Ginnie Mae fund, anything more. And I think you're taking too much risk with what is considered a short-term investment. So Ginnie Mae's are about as long-term as I'm willing to go. So anyway, um, that comes to us from Davu, and I'd go Vanguard Ginnie Mae, VFIIX or the Fidelity Ginnie Mae Fund, and go look that up for yourself because I'm not a publisher. So just Google Fidelity Ginnie Mae Fund. Okay, next email comes to us from Kathy. She goes, my question for you today is I've got $5,000. I want to drop it into an IRA this year, and I've and another $5,000 next year. So $5,000 this year, $5,000 next year. Any advice on where I should open up an IRA? I have an account with Bank of America. I also have an account with Ameritrade. Is it okay to open an IRA online, or should I actually walk into an office? Who walks into offices, first and foremost? Call Fidelity, 800-Fidelity. Call Vanguard, 800-Vanguard. I'd say call T. Rowe Price if you want to, but this is a radio show, and I only have two hours. I only have 120 minutes, so i got to get a little bit tighter. So what I would do, Kathy, is I'd call Fidelity or Vanguard, and I'd say, hey, I'm Kathy, and i got almost $10,000, 5000 this year, 5000 next year, and I want to start a retirement program. I would consider a Roth IRA because you've already paid money on that. There's no reason not to. If you need a taxable income this year, you'd set up a regular IRA. I'd go ahead and fund it, and I would look at something like the Freedom Funds. Now, I don't know your age, Kathy. If you're 60, don't look at the Freedom Funds. The Freedom Funds at Fidelity are great for accumulating assets, great for accumulating assets, they're not so smart at managing them. There's two types of, of, of money users, people that accumulate, people that manage. So I'd call Fidelity and say, I'm 30 years old, so you're going to retire in 30 years. So you take a look at this year. It's 2010, and you add 30 years to it. So you go, I want the Fidelity Freedom 2030. Now, if you've never saved money, go with the Fidelity 2040 because it'll be a little bit more aggressive. As you get older, it'll, it'll automate down to be a little bit more conservative. That's what's nice about the Fidelity Freedom Funds. They're low cost and they're a nice way to accumulate assets. 
Now, once you get to 100, 200, $300,000 in that account, because you're going to be funding it $5,000 each year for the next 20 years, that's when you want to start managing it. But for now, just be young, be beautiful, enjoy California, max it out as much as you can each and every year, and accumulate assets slowly. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's the Rob Black Show on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Ahead at noon, Glenn Beck. Now, Rob Black. 910 AM. More stimulating talk. You heard it. Coming up next, Glenn Beck at noon. That means I got an hour and 10 minutes to play. If you like Armstrong and Getty in the morning, you're going to love the new show that we got, John and Ken in the afternoon. They are wise to what's happening in California. For instance, the State Compensation Insurance Fund. This is a story on furloughs. This is the story that they do. They just ended a three-day month furloughs for about 7,400 employees on Thursday after a San Francisco judge signed a final written order as was originally scheduled last week. Now, Superior Judge Charlotte Woolard, she did determine that Governor Art Schwarzenegger's mandatory furloughs violated a section of the state insurance code that exempts fund employees from staff cutbacks. The ruling came in a case filed by the Service Employees International Union Local 1000, which represents 6,200 fund employees. The fund, based in San Francisco, sells workers' compensation insurance to employers, and they use the proceeds to run their operations. Thursday's ruling covers all state fund employees, including ones not represented by the union. The governor intends to appeal the ruling, but the judge on Thursday lifted an automatic stay that would have prevented it from taking effect pending an appeal. Unclear, bottom line, is whether employees will be able to collect back pay for the days they were furloughed. The state and the SEIU believe that the order entitles them to it. The judge did not rule out the issue of back pay. She was silent on the issue. Now, here's my opinion on this story. This is what's wrong with California. We're $40 billion in debt. We try to cut costs by saying state employees stay home. That's against the law. We try to cut costs on projects that are already funded. Nah, too many Democrats are blocking it. That can't be done. We try to raise taxes. Too many Republicans go, no, not going to do that. We live in a state that is just so gridlocked, it's annoying as F. You know what? We've got so many things that we promised in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s to these plans, to these unions, to the employees of the state. We're so messed up, and it's going to get worse. Because we got gridlock and we've got a political system that promotes gridlock. Best thing we could do is vote them all out. But I don't even know if that would work, to be quite honest with you, because it's politics as as usual. Now, here's the problem. Obama's coming up with these great, great things. Healthcare for everyone. Woo! Isn't that great? Problem is, that's kind of what California did 20, 30 years ago. Came up with a lot of great ideas, like Prop 13. That's really, really not relevant 30 to 40 years later. Came up with a lot of, you know, help the union with this and, and fund education like that. So what happened in California, it's going to happen again with the nation. We're going to overpromise, and 10, 20, 30 years from now, we're going to underdeliver. It's going to herb, herb in Petaluma, 800-345-5639. Herb. 
Hey, good morning, Rob Black. Really love your show. I think you're uh, terrific to listen to. I'm I, one of those people that... Am I a treasure to the Bay Area? You are a treasure. Thank you. Treasure. You called the government as silly as F. I like that. Um, uh, my problem is I am financially retarded, as you described. I have about $40,000 in credit card debt. Um, I'm a self-employed contractor, cabinet maker. And um, I'm wondering, when you have such a huge amount, uh, how, how to consolidate it when... You you know, I've missed the payment. The interest rate's now at 29.9%. Ooh. How much do you make a year? Um, probably about 50000 You make cabinets? Yes. Custom furniture and cabinets. I might have you come do my cabinets, because I got some cabinets from 1950s that piss me off. Excellent. And you have bragged about your disposable income, my perfect client. These cabinets from the 1950s, they're great, because the work quality is great. But the hinges, they don't make hinges for 1950 cabinets anymore. No, we need to get you something with some rosewood, something distinguished. I don't know about rosewood. I was thinking um, balsa wood. Take a look at HerbZaxWoodworks.com, HZWoodworksWithTheZ.com. Herb, I was actually thinking about balsa wood. I want a whole house made out of balsa wood. Could you do that? I could do anything with wood. Well, see, balsa wood's so light, I'd be able to lift it above my head and scare the neighborhood kids. True, and then when you want to go on a vacation, you could become a houseboat. There you go. That's a pretty good idea. Okay, so back to you. How old are you, Arab? I am uh, 37. 37. And how much do you have saved in your 401k and issues? <laughs> no, that went into, uh, I invested that in my business. Okay. Well, it, no retirement. Is the business doing good? Yeah. Yeah. It's growing. Uh, you know, it definitely took a hit the, the beginning of the year. Um, a lot of bids I had, I had almost a quarter million in bids. None of them happened. They, okay. All the projects just dropped off. Now the good news is right now, banks are willing to settle. They're willing to look at your forty fifty thousand dollars in debt and say, if you give me twenty five, we're even Steven. Can you get any chunk of money? No. Friends, family, bank robbery, anything? A bank robbery would be my best. And if I could bank rob a bank successfully, I wanted to become a woodworker. You hear that um, some uh, pawn shop robbers put a, a baby seat on their head and went in with a baby seat? I have a hand truck. Some people went into a hospital and walked out with $90,000 in cash, and they just invested in a hand truck. That sounded good. Okay, okay. We're thinking the same way. Um, I would strongly consider it your age at – how much income do you make? Uh, 50000 You're never going to pay off that debt. <laughs> $50,000 in debt, $50,000 of income. How's your budget? Are you able to save anything per month? No, no. Okay. Uh, this, this year, uh, before we were able to, and uh, one of the other messes that we did was uh, in 2008, we bought a home because we wanted to be part of that wonderful bubble. Yeah. So the money that we did save and the amount that we were able to uh, get ahead uh, pretty much went to a mortgage payment, and now that mortgage payment is somewhat underwater. Okay. I would strongly consider a modification attorney. Okay. Um, there's one in San Francisco that I like. Her name is Michelle McGill, M-C-G-I-L-L. Okay. She's the most incredibly boring person on the planet, which is nice. Um, Michelle McGill. So Google Michelle McGill, San Francisco, and you'll find her. Um, I think she's very good. She'll tell you honestly, Arab, you're not going to, it's not going to work for you. Good luck. Or she'll say, you know, give me two, $3,000 and I'll help you. Okay. Have her refer you to a bankruptcy attorney as well, because you're in a situation where your cash flow is never going to pay off that debt and you can't come up with a big chunk of money. I, I, I hate saying this because this is fairly conservative talk radio here. They're all going to go, hey, he got himself in that debt. He should get himself out of that debt. Um, but to be honest with you, the laws are there for your safety and protection. The laws are there to be manipulated. The laws are there to be taken advantage of. 
Wealthy people do it. I think you should do it, Herb. I think um, I don't okay. have a, a, a silver bullet for you, but after this is over, Herb, you're getting too old to do this. You've already lost 17 years of your working life, and you know what it's like to swing a hammer. It sucks. It's, it, you're, you're banged up. You're bruised. Your, your joints hurt, and it's only going to get worse from here. So you've got to start saving 20% of your paycheck from this day forward. Well, you know, I look forward to doing some cabins for you, uh, Mr. Black. And I think you're a great addition to, 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 the, to the talk radio scene because uh, I don't find you conservative or uh, liberal. I think you, uh, you're you very entertaining, and thank you for the advice. You're starting to annoy me. You're too kind to me. Thanks very much. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Now, there's something that i got to get out there in the world of business because I can't help myself. There's an analyst named Meredith Whitney, and I want you to go Google Meredith Whitney. She's the best banking analyst there is. Pretty good-looking woman, too, to be quite honest. She's the best banking analyst there is. If I had to pay attention to one sector to that would pay attention to the economy for me, it's the banking sector. She thinks that home prices could still decline another 25%. That's what I would refer to as a negative call. Now, I don't typically jump up and down about analysts. There's 10 that I like. I'm not going to tell you each and every one because I don't have a list. I'm not that much of a nerd. But it's striking to me that earlier this summer when Meredith Analyst talked about the financial sector that she said that probably has a good 15% upside, when she says now's the time to buy, the market's gained 30% since that call. She's really good at what she does. But this inattention to her negative outlook for home prices and the implications of such a decline that would have on our banking industry and thus on our economy, to me, it's a very salient reminder that the fear of missing out on further gains is what's keeping the stock market moving higher. We're due for a correction. When, when she comes out and says home prices can drop another 25% and people don't drop and scream in panic, another 25% drop in home prices and... You ain't seen nothing yet in foreclosures. Coming up next hour, I'm going to be talking the NFL, the business of the National Football League. You're listening to Talk 910. You can find me online at talk910.com, talk910.com. And our new tagline, more stimulating talk. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.